into another edition of Prime Sports World and happy hump days all of my friends out there at Prime Sports World. Uh, my cat is here. Hello, Pace. Nice to see you. Uh, welcome into the hump day. Uh, welcome in my code, Mr. TJ Hopkins. I'm, of course, your host, David on Point Huffman. And today we're going to talk about uh, as the Boston Celtics and Philadelphia 76ers play on your TV right now, we're talking about those teams in the Eastern Conference that weren't so lucky and get bounced in the first round. A couple of those teams thought they'd go way further than uh, in the getting bounced out of the first round. Thank you, Sergio, very much for checking us out here at Prime Sports World. Uh, we're going to do the Western Conference uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to push the XFL show to Monday because the XFL don't play their championship until next week. Um, so they're taking a week off kind of like the NFL does. So we'll do the XFL next week. Um, that isn't going anywhere. And don't worry, the XFL continent is still going to keep churning out of here at Prime Sports World. Um, of course, yes, David Huffman, TJ Hopkins, welcome to the show. Happy hump day. Like, share, and subscribe. What's up, buddy? How are you, man? Back to work tonight. So, you know, back on the grind. Yeah. So, um, so my, my co-producer, so I produce five o'clock newscast here in Fort Wayne, right? And uh, my, my co-producer, basically, he worked his last day on Friday. So I'm basically producing the five and the six every day for the next month. Damn. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a lot, but you know, it's all good. Um, but yeah, we're rolling into the NBA season. Let's talk about what's the, so of the three, four teams that got that bounced in the first round, what was the most shocking one for you? It's gotta be Milwaukee, right? Nobody thought Milwaukee would be sitting at home right now. Well, when Giannis got hurt to the extent that he got hurt, I don't think, even though he came back, I don't think Giannis was ever a hundred percent. Like you're not, I agree with you. Like there are, injuries that there are injuries that you sustain that the only thing that can really help it is to literally not do anything and you see that with soft tissue injuries i.e hamstrings groins stuff like that and then james harden really never hasn't took him years to recover from the hamstring injury that he rushed himself back from and like you got this guy who falls flat on his back yeah, the injury, it looked bad at the, bad at the time. Uh, yeah, he never really recovered. Let's just talk about it. Uh, let's just, just start with the Milwaukee Bucks. They finished regular season 52, 58 and 24. A uh, big conversation around NBA circles is so they had the best regular season record. I guess they get that trophy, I think, right? Um, that mm-hmm. basically nobody talks about anymore. But Giannis was adamant in his press conference that he didn't consider the season a failure. Do no, that's a failure. Know? Yes, that's a failure. I would love, I would love, love, love to see somebody talk, uh, the media, you know, protect LeBron or KD if one of them said this season was, if they had the best record in the league, number one seed in their respective conference, would love the media 
to give them the same courtesy they gave Giannis because we already know it's not going to happen. You you cannot sit here and tell me that if LeBron or KD said the same thing Giannis said, it wouldn't like they still be talking about it. Hundred percent, it would it would just gonna blow it on the radar. Uh, but I think his his point's not totally invalid. But yeah, his point sure. is not his point's not totally invalid. No, but you had the number one seed in the, in the not just the not just the East, the entire NBA. You had the number one seed in the entire NBA. You were an MVP candidate. Brooke Lopez was a DPOY finalist. I mean, they had a six man of the year candidate. You had a you had a six man of the year finalist. You had a coach of the year finalist. This is a failure. I don't care. Like you can try to slice. Oh, Michael Jordan played 15 years. He won. Like no, shut up. It's a failure. It's a failure. Plain and simple. I, I think at some point you have to kind of just own up to it. Be like, okay, yes. I, I like. I realized that they this season didn't go exactly how I had planned, uh, and just own it. Be like, yeah, the, the Heat got the better of us. I was. I, I would be honest with you. Like, man, I was never really healthy for that series. You know, it sounds like a scapegoat or an opt out, but uh, I, I would prefer that it'd be like as opposed to like. Being so adamant, yes, he did speak with passion, but that's what makes Giannis one of the most loved players in the NBA. Like this passion that he speaks with, and the way that mm-hmm. he conducts himself in the league is the reason that people love him so much. His passion for his teammates, his passion for his players. But yeah, there's no way to slice this. This is for sure a failure. Um, a anytime failure. you have that, you have the number one seed in the entire, and you don't even get out of the first round um, against a team that had to fight and claw to make it out of the play-in. It's for sure a failure. I think some other stuff that really needs to be talked conversation. Converse, the conversation he had around some of their other uh, stuff. So as it's on the screen there, Brooke Lopez is a free agent, a big time part of what they do now. Um, you know, defensive anchor, you know, three point shooter. It's really kind of re- like changed his the narrative that used to exist about Brooke Lopez. The fact that he was just this offensive player who basically was allergic to rebounds and didn't play defense. And now, you know, he's a DPOI candidate. He can shoot the three. He's really changed his game entirely. And then Chris Middleton. He has an opt-out after this season. He can be a free agent. I would be shocked if he didn't exercise that opt-out and opt-out and try to get more money and future, you know, future long-term, you know, obviously stability as a guy who's dealt with injuries the last few years. Right, and, and I know, Milton, right? It's a little disrespectful, but and I know, and I know, I know, Budenholzer, um, He had he had a terrible series. He he had a terrible series. Um, I know he got. I know he got um, he has some personal issues going on. I think his brother ended up passing away during. Yeah, that. His, his his brother passed away during this series. Um, we don't really know how that affected him mentally, but he got severely out coached um, in this series, especially the last final three games of the series. Um, yes, I, I don't know how much that affected him, but yes, he did lose a brother. Uh, I think after game three, or during. And game, Sergio, or game Sergio, it, it, it's not about LeBron being deemed as the goat. Right, it's that has nothing to do with that. No, that has nothing to do. I also said Kevin Durant, too. Kevin Durant cannot say, Oh, this season wasn't a failure. No, they those two players cannot say that. Giannis widely, right now, is regarded as the best player in the league, right now, right? As in, he's better than LeBron, as in, he's better than KD, as in, he's better than Joker, as in, he's better than MB. He's better than them. He got protected. Saying, "Oh, you know what? Giannis is right. Everybody should have that sentiment." LeBron and them can't say that. LeBron and KD cannot say that. They're not going to get that same luxury at all. It's true. Um, 
so the other the other thing that like so the Milwaukee Bucks because of their contract situations, and we'll get to the new CBA here uh, later on in this particular episode, but because of the new CBA that's taking effect, like the the ability for the Milwaukee Bucks to continue to bring in players that are beneficial to this team has kind of been limited. Like they won't they will be in the like the repeater tax, and so they won't have they won't have like the extra like the extra. Um, um, what is the mid-level exception that yeah. people have? So it's gonna, yeah. So their ability to bring in, so it's like guys like Jay Crowder, Javon yeah. Carter, like guys yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was. Just, I mean, yeah. Again, that that goes back to that's the price of winning. Like, like yeah. that. That's the price. Like as long as but, you're. But the difference, this, the difference is the difference is now like before in the old salary cap, you could just basically cheese it. That you're not really, you can't really do that anymore. Like, they'll figure it out. Maybe, I, I don't think it, I, I don't. It's the first season, off season of it. I don't know if it will happen this particular off season. So we'll see. They'll figure it out. They're too yeah. smart to not figure it out. Uh, so Brook Lopez, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's going to opt out. How how much should how much should you prioritize bringing both of those guys back? And what should the money look like for both of those guys? I, I guess that's probably uh, a, a max. I don't know. No. no uh, because he didn't have. A, I know he spent the majority of this season hurt, so that kind of that kind of hurts his his asking price. Brooke Lopez pretty much has the ability to walk in now with a blank check and say, this is what I want, match it, or I'm gone. Because, like, no one has adjusted their game to today's NBA more than Brooke Lopez. So they could sign him to an extension, three years, $54 million. Um, that would put him right there with the money for Miles Turner, Mitchell Robinson, Clint Capella. Yeah, like no one has no one has adjusted their game more more to today's NBA than Brooke Lopez. When Brooke Lopez first came to the league, he was a back to the basket center. Yep. He was a like he was a le- legit low post threat, all that good stuff. I mean, he then was the really, lo- he was a, he was a very good player. Like that's not like discredit. Like he was a good player then. He's probably right, right, right. now, but like he was a, like he was a good player then. He just didn't get enough love because those Nets teams were terrible. And then he plays one, and then he goes to L.A. for a year while they were terrible. And, yeah, so, like, when, when they when he made the move to Milwaukee, everybody's like, oh, no big deal. It's just Brooke Lopez on a $3 million deal, whatever he signed for at the time in, in, in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's come back to, that. like, that's a that's what you call a super ROI, return on. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he's probably going to get – so the over 38 rule limits his extension to an additional three years. Um, so they can't give him over a three-year contract unless they sign him outright to a four-year, like a not an extension, um, which will allow him to hit, hit free agency market before the extension. Um, I don't I know, think, Milwaukee, I think the conversation also has to be had, like how long – like this second offseason, second postseason in a row where one of their main pieces went down and basically cost them a playoff series. Chris well, not the, the year before, Giannis this year. And yeah, well, and and Chris Middleton had, like I said, like he never really recovered from what happened to him last year because he was out for majority of. And and that was Milwaukee, that Milwaukee Bucks team that won the championship. I know they beat Phoenix, but they did get pretty lucky on their road to the NBA Finals that season. I mean, they they miss Kevin Durant's foot is just a, an inch shorter. They don't win that series. Uh, they get Harden's on one leg. Yeah, they, Kyrie Irving gets injured during that series as well. I mean, they play the Hawks team that probably shouldn't have been there in the first place in, in, the, in, the, in, the, the, first place. in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. So, like, maybe this team is always kind of overachieved, and this is kind of what maybe this is. Maybe they'll never get back to where they used to be. 
like you can like, you can say that like and at the end of the day you can also say like hey that's why like that's just how hard it is in the NBA but, like no like luck does play a role like people don't people don't like to hear that but it's true like you said the first uh, that the year they won it Harden's on half a leg Ky- no Kyrie KD is two inches Oh, two inches over the line. One, one, not really, half really. an inch, really, half yeah. an inch over the line from a game-winning three being a two-point shot to send it to OT instead of a game-winning three. You get a Hawks team who shouldn't have been there in the first place, and now they're talking about we'll get to them trading Trey Young. They say they aren't, but hey, all things off the all things off the table on the table. Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening with Milwaukee. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a big trade in their offseason, but we'll take a look at them as we get closer to that. Let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Actually, you know, traded for Donovan Mitchell this most recent offseason. Uh, 51-31, and 31, they lost in six games to the New York Knicks. Um, I guess there's a, 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 being blatantly honest, was not as close as six games. Like, the Knicks basically dominated that series. Do you think that's more of the fact that this, this Cavaliers team is still really young, or do you think that there's a roster problem with Cleveland? Uh, it was just a bad match. Well, it was a little bit of both. Uh, it was a bad matchup for for the Cavs. Right? They had to. I and I said it when we did the preview. They don't have the defenders on the front court. I mean, the back court to stop the Knicks. Like Jalen Brunson, like Donovan Mitchell, gonna give you thirty five, but he gonna give up thirty five too. Same yeah. thing with Darius. Same thing with Darius Garland. Right. So it's literally just, hey, if we stop the, the, them. The, the, cra- the crazy thing about it is when, when Donovan Mitchell was coming into the NBA, like the reason that he fell in the draft is because people weren't sure what his offensive upside was. People thought he'd be a good defender. He hasn't been even remotely close to a good defender, but he's been actually offensively. So I don't, you know. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. And obviously Mitchell Robinson just literally owned Evan Mobley and uh, Jared Allen single-handedly took them on, owned them. Like they were so outmatched, it was, it was disgusting. Like obviously, outside of what game, game two, what was it game, game two where like they just blew the Knicks out? Yeah. Like, I, I apologize. That, that series only went five games. Uh, I thought it went six. It only went five. They won game two by 17 points, and they basically got raced out of the building for the rest of the games. I mean, they beat, lost game one by four. They lost game three by 20 points. Uh, they lost game four by nine points, and then they lost the closeout game by 11. And game five was – was game five in New York or was game five back okay, – Game five was in New York. Or no, it was at home. No, game five was in Cleveland, right? And you get ran out the you get ran out the building at like in your own building. So I think a a big part of the problem. I think they started, which is um, I think did they start? Yeah, they took Okoro out the starting lineup and inserted Karis Levert. And this is like, why did you do that? Well, I think like, they I, wanted more. I think they all wanted more offensive firepower. Uh, I, Isaac Okora just isn't an offense. He's, he's just not a good offensive player. But now you got three dudes on on offense who don't play a lick of defense in Garland, Lavert, and Mitchell. So at least Isaac Okoro can hold his own against. I mean, like he's a, he's a fantastic defender. Like. No, 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 all the disrespect to his offensive game. No disrespect to the defensive <laughs> game. He is literally a, a, an absolutely elite defender. And there, I mean, he's one of the one of the reasons that like he's a, he's extension eligible this offseason. I would be shocked if he got 
what his extension looks like if they even try to extend him. Uh, but I, uh, it's I don't know how much longer they. Uh, I ain't gonna say they're gonna like blow this thing up. They got they they just added Donovan Mitchell, right? Uh, but so this is the second year under Bickerstaff. All right, first year you get a mulligan, you lose Jared Allen for a good portion, especially towards the end of the season. Marketing got hurt. Um, Garland was hurt. Mobley got hurt. And then it just, the wheels well, just completely. It, well, when Darius Garland went out for this team, that's when the wheels really fell off. Like they were like the five or the four or the five seed. And Darius Garland misses, I think, like a month. And they basically, their season was basically over. They went into the play in game. They didn't play well in that game and got bounced. Right, so it was, I didn't so like this season. Like you said, you trade for Donovan Mitchell, and it's just like you're all the rave, like you're all the talk of the you the talk of the town for a little minute, and you finish what, what fifty for fifty. They they finished with the five five seed. I think the the nice part, I mean, outside of Carol Levert, all their other players are under some sort of contract. I mean, Evan Mobley's got two years left on his rookie deal. Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, all locked up for the long term. Uh, Rick and, Rubio's still there for next season. Sedmi Osmond's also still there. His contract only partially his contract only partially guaranteed. Um, and so to this, your point of uh, to your point about inexperience, yeah, and we talked about that too. Mitchell, Osmond, um, and Rubio are really the only players that matter that have playoff experience. I mean, that, that's one of the other things that, like, I always under, never understood why they waived Kevin Love. Like, I never understood, like, why you wouldn't keep that kind of veteran presence. They have Danny Green on their team, too, doesn't play. But um, why wouldn't you keep Kevin Love, a veteran presence, just around? Hey, it's – it's all, like, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I get it, but I don't get it because it's I like – you didn't save that much money. I mean, that money was already coming off your books anyways. I, I did, It doesn't make, like, a sense. It's, it was a bad decision. Well, let's like let's not act like he was really playing a lot while he was. Yeah, there. I, I I know, but even it's just having that guy, like, you can you, you can probably saw those young guys. You know, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen can just talk to a Kevin Love, like, hey, how did you handle this situation? That's valuable. Like you, like let's not act like every ten games, Kevin Love with the Cavs only played like maybe two or three of them. Like that's not I mean, act they, like they, they they could have used him in the playoffs. I mean, their their big issue is they couldn't score a lot. I mean, they had, I think they had the first under eighty point game this season during this series. I I'm, I don't know how much of a difference maker he would, considering how the series went, how much of a difference maker do you think he would have been? Like I honestly, know. I mean, but like they do they well, do they win the series? You you literally you literally no, probably not, but you literally never know if because you just decided to just pay buy out his contract. Give like I, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I'm going to stand by that. I mean he he hasn't been all that good for the Heat, but they could they could have used him. Um, what do you think their number one offseason priority should be when it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers? They still need a legit three. No offense to Levert. No offense to Isaac Okoro. They need. They need somebody who can put the ball in the basket that's not Mitchell or Garland. But they and, also need that guy to be able to defend. Yeah, because like, like, he, has to, he, like he has to be like a legit three and D wing. Like I need Evan Mobley to somehow, some way elevate his game. He's been the same player for the last two years. I also I don't know if if it's like it's probably because of his body frame. He also got to hit the weight room, bro. You need some bricks. In the back pocket, 
you look small compared to Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I mean, well, Mitchell Robinson's not a small human being. So, <laughs> like weight, like no, like weight wise, yeah, like weight wise, yes, he is. Like if you like look at Mitchell Robinson standing next to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid makes a lot of people I, look small. I, I mean, Joel Embiid is just a mammoth human being. Like, <laughs> but, but it's like like Joel Embiid makes Mitchell Robinson look small. Mitchell Robinson looked like Joel Embiid standing next to Evan Mobley. Like that's how and, like. Seriously, and, you got to find. And, like, and this Cavs team should have about twenty-four million dollars in cap space if they, you know, waive Sedmi Osman, his non-guaranteed contract, trade away Isaac Okoro and Ricky Rubio via trades. They could be like a team that's like in the Draymond Green stakes this offseason. That just puts them kind of in the same spot because they got a guy who can defend but can't score. Yeah, but he can at least facilitate that offense a little bit when those other guys aren't on the floor. I don't know. It's something. Jeremy Grant, another guy that could potentially. Kyle Kuzma, Cameron Johnson is going to be unrestricted free agent. They could throw some money at him. Um, Dylan Brooks. We'll get to him tomorrow. Um, no, no. The guy they probably going to go after if he makes All NBA is number seven on Boston. Perfect fit. They would, have, they, would have to, the they, would, they would. They would have to trade for him. I'm not sure they have the assets to get that done. No, they would. No, he was. No, they wouldn't. Jalen Brown's a free agent. I thought, yeah, I thought he had one more year in his deal. No, he's not. Jalen yeah, Brown's a free yeah, agent. Yeah, no. Jalen Brown has one more year on his deal. He's got he's got an expiring next offseason. He, he's he's not, opting. David, he listen to me. He doesn't, he doesn't David, listen to, David, listen to me. If he gets all NBA, he is eligible for a max deal. He's opting out if he makes all NBA. Listen to what I'm telling you. Look it up. This is what they're saying on literally every sports network. He, if he gets all NBA, he's opting out. This is what I'm I, telling you. I'm looking at his contract right now on, on Hoops Reference, basketballreference.com. Uh, he, 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 he does not David, have David. a player. So Hoops, Re- Hoops Reference knows more than Stephen A. Smith. Great. Next topic. Uh, Moving on. Let's move on. Oh, the Cavaliers also did not have a first-round pick in this year's draft. Uh, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, first conversation kind of needs to be had with Ben Simmons. Um, probably a negative asset at this point. What do you do with him? Cut him. Like you hate. Like I understand. Like he probably. It is what it is at this point. Like he, I thought he was. I felt good. I felt good about him. Not having like just to see him on the court did me, did me some justice, because it's like that's step one. I don't care that you had a bad game or this that, bro. Just get out there. Just get out there. Like step one to getting over this mental hurdle is playing. You gotta play. You gotta play. I legit think physically, I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I 100 percent think this is all in his head. And I don't know if he's taking advantage of the sports psychology and because there's people out there that literally specify in that aspect of psychology. Like you have literal sports psychologists, like that's their job. I don't know if he's taking advantage of that. If not, why not? Like what? I don't know who you need to talk to because you def got to change your circle. If you just think a bunch of, oh man, it's not you, it's them. Like, no, this it's him. It's for sure him. Like there's <laughs> it's it's him. Like you were heralded as the next LeBron. Like 6'10, 250, 
can handle, can play all five. You were rookie of the year. You are a lot of people's defensive player of the year vote or candidate. And then all of a sudden you got the yips. You, I, I understand they blame you for that loss against the, against the Hawks, but that just allowed Tobias Harris to shoot under the radar because Tobias Harris was four for 17 too. And on the max deal, like they don't want to talk about that. They just want to throw all the eggs and throw all the stones at Ben Simmons. You go to Brooklyn and they started, you know, they welcomed you up, welcomed you with open arms. You know, they let you, you know, go through your whole your little your dick. And then you came back and it's like you had a good game. And by good, I mean eight, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> eight points. Four rebounds, you know, five assists, a steal in the block here, like a steal in the block here, there, right? Like that was that was a good game for Ben Simmons, but nobody cared because you were playing, right? And then all of a sudden, it's you're out, and you're still out, and you're and, st- and, and, and then they shut him down, I right? Agree. Right? It's like, and you're I mean, still I, out. I, I, I think I actually agree with you. I think they just part ways with him completely. I just don't think there's anything valuable that he brings to any. any I, he's going to end up overseas, or I, I, who knows? He made a lot of money, so maybe he's, you know, maybe he's invested well, so he can. He doesn't have to do anything else with his life. But like, I, I'm not. I'm if I'm Brooklyn, I'm done with him. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to cut him. I'm gonna whatever happens happens. I'll use the stretch provision, stretch his contract over however long. Is my internet's heck enough? So he's got man, he's got a ton of years left on his deal. So he's got two years left on his deal at thirty-seven million and forty million, respectively. Um, so you waive that, you waive that. You're still going to have to have that money on your books for, until twenty twenty-eight. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, that could be. I mean, it could be worth it. Could be, I, I I don't know, and I'm not saying Jock Vaughn isn't the it isn't the guy to get him out of the slump, right? Because I think if anybody could get him out. It is Jacques Vaughn. Like the way that team responded to Jacques Vaughn was great. Like you saw them, you saw them put up a fight against against uh, against Philly, and you definitely saw where they could have used a Ben Simmons. Like I'm not saying Ben Simmons was gonna shut down Joel Embiid, but they were they got super small the minute Nick Claxton was not playing a game. Right, and for whatever reason, Dayron Sharp isn't there. Isn't there yet? Like he isn't playing. Like he isn't there yet. Like I don't know what it is. If I'm if I'm Brooklyn, I look at the pieces I have. Okay, Mikael Bridges he came into his own because I hey Mikael Bridges like I can legit focus on every aspect of the game now, not just defense. I can score. Camp same thing with Cam Johnson. Um, I think they go the younger route. So Patty Mills, you're out. So, I mean, Seth Curry will probably be gone. Um, Maybe Cam, Johnson, Cam Johnson's a restricted free agent. Um, they, I don't see. Know, I don't see them. Lot. I don't see them losing. I don't see them no, losing. I, um, I don't think so either. Uh, uh, but so, I, I do. I do think this team is going to go into semi of a rebuild. No, because uh, I like, they were, the last sorry, control, like the last game I saw them Ben Simmons play was against the Bulls, right? They're in Brooklyn, and they trotted out a lineup of um, Spencer Dinwiddie, right? And this is right before – this is yeah, this, this is like right after Cam Johnson and um, 
Mikael Bridges got traded there and they didn't play. Like they were at that game, they just didn't play. So it's and it's like literally the only game that Spencer Dinwiddie missed that we talked not Dinwiddie, uh Mikael Bridges Mikhail missed. Bridges. That's literally the only game he missed, but it didn't count he's, because he's, he's, he's still played eighty three games. He still played eighty three games. So it was like it was <laughs> it was it was Dinwiddie, it was uh DFS, Dorian Finney Smith, Ben Simmons, um my god, who else? Um it was like it was like a super defensive heavy lineup, and they made the Bulls life hell, which looking back on the season wasn't hard to do. They made their life hell. Like the Bulls had a nice lead. Like they, they they was up at least 15 at that time. And that lineup literally walked them down, took the lead, and Brooklyn never looked back. And so Ben Simmons was a part of that. If you're Brooklyn, so I think, yeah, we talk about waving Ben Simmons. Let's talk about offseason priority. Um, so their number one offseason priority has got to be like getting a real focal piece of this roster. You have two first round picks. You have assets you got from Phoenix. You have some nice pieces on your roster that teams might be interested in. How, how motivated would you be to try to move up into the top 10 of this year's draft? Uh, very motivated. It just depends on those other pieces. What, what are you asking for? I'm not trading Johnson or Bridges because I literally just got them. And, like, I mean, but those, those, that's the. I think those are like. I'm not trading Mikel Bridges. I think Cameron Johnson and some sort of sign trade deal. I, I would be willing to move him if a team was like, "Hey, we'll give you the eighth overall pick and Cam Johnson in one year first. Yeah, I'm doing that. That's a done deal. Uh, I don't know. Like, um, because I, 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 I'm, no, not, no, no, I'm, like, I'm not saying there wouldn't be a debate there. I don't, I'm not saying you wouldn't think about it, but I, no, because I, you got you, you got to ask yourself like. Who you get with that eighth overall pick? Is he gonna be better than Cameron Johnson? I don't know. That's that's the that's the dice roll you run, right? Like, but like, so like that's the thing. Like, you have a Cameron Johnson right now. Oh, like you, oh, 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 so what, so how about in the top five? If you were moving up into the top five, would you do that? The only player I like, the only player that's really worth a damn that's not a crapshoot in the top five is is Wimbanyama, and he you ain't gonna get him. Scoot Henderson, you don't know what you're gonna get out of him. The uh the Thompson twins from Overtime Elite, you don't know what you're gonna get out of them. I, I think I this one. Think, I, I don't think you know what you're gonna get out of Miller either. Uh oh um um yeah, from Alabama. Brandon, is, is it Brandon? Brandon Miller, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't know what you're gonna get out of him. So yeah, you know the only franchise changer, and I'm not saying those other dudes can't be. We just know for a fact that the one positive proof positive game changer franchise elevator. Is Victor Wembanyama unless they somehow land him, and then you really gonna have the twin towers in the front court because you 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 got him and Claxton they they weigh about they weigh about as much as I do combined like they are gonna be little as hell. Yeah, I, I mean, if, uh, but I, if I'm Brooklyn, I think you want to get a difference piece in this roster. So I think Mikel Bridges is a nice player, Cameron Johnson is a nice player, but there's nobody there. There's no ceiling raisers on this team, and because you owe your future picks to Houston still, but as part of the James Harden trade, you can't really just tank. And move on like it would be easy just to be like okay we're just gonna stink and move on with our lives but no they have to be like a competitive basketball team while you know trying to acquire assets um it's a difficult game his his name is constantly thrown in trade talks but and if you're right about jalen brown like hey i will give you cam johnson and one of those first for jalen brown and then jalen brown becomes your focal point yeah, and then you, uh, Mikhail, and then Mikael Bridges. You have Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brown, 
and 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 the others and you go from there i call portland what do you want for damian lillard like that would be but i also i also like this owner just kind of seems a little fed up with just moving players just for the, like just for trading for <laughs> I, I don't know um they have two first round not picks the same guy, uh, right it's, it's not the, uh, uh, no, it's not it's not poker off they have a new owner i don't okay. know his name is i think it's oh josiah 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 yeah i think josiah is done with like with what he just went through i think i think that part he was done with that part i, I don't think because like he likes the roster he has now like a bunch of guys they're going to show up to work yep they may not win a championship but god damn it it's we ain't no easy way like it's not going to be an easy night at the office when you play the brooklyn nets that's pretty much what he wanted i agree with you on that i, I think he wanted to get away from the whole secret the whole circus that was kevin james harden yes, yes. although i think they wanted, he wanted to be for sure be done with that uh, let's we'll see what brooklyn is doing let's talk about the atlanta hawks the last team here on the graphic uh they're 41 41 they're the epitome of mediocrity when it comes exactly. to the atlanta hawks uh the only really conversation that we kind of need to have here is about the roster itself i mean this the big trade that we've been talking about for the last couple of years about the Trey Young or John Collins or moving on from Clint Capella or trading away or Nekakongu is a big trade coming this offseason, primarily because of Trey Young or dealing with evolving Trey Young. Do you think that trade is coming this offseason? They say it's not, right? They've already come out and said it's not happening. We are not trading Trey Young, but people say stuff all the time and do another all the time. Um, the problem that you have with Trey Young is you've already empowered him. I'm, a, I'm you, also I'm also not so sure what his value is. Uh, he is statistically the worst defender. They, they, that that came out like so. What's what's today? May third. That came out like a week ago. They talked about it on Undisputed. They're like, yeah, Trey Young has zero trade value because his because of his lack of defense. It's the same like Trey Young gonna give you thirty, but he's also gonna give you like give up thirty. Yeah, I mean that's why it almost makes more sense for the Hawks to try to tr- build around Dejounte Murray as opposed to Trey Young. And Trey Young, the, people thought he'd take this next step as this like off-ball shooter type. He has not taken that step. He has not taken that like Steph Curry step. Why Steph Curry's so good? Because he's like, he's good at like having the ball in his hand, but also being an off-ball shooter. Trey Young has not developed that. <laughs> Because I mean, like, let's think about it this way: dating back to high school, how often do you think Trey Young did not had the ball in his hands? Not a lot, zero. Not, not probably you know, three possessions yeah. a game, maybe if he's on the floor. <laughs> so like, you go to you go four years of high school. How many years was he at Oklahoma? Three. One. One. Was was he a one and done? I think so. Well done. I'll find out for you. Two. No, no, he was like one. Two, two, two years in Oklahoma, I think it's like. No, one. He was a one and done. 27, yeah, yeah just just the one. So one you go four, four years of high school, one year at Oklahoma. How often do you think he – and then all these, all this time in Atlanta, he's never had – like he, he, he doesn't know how to play off the ball. He's never really had to either. He I mean, has so like, cause like he was like, so what? What high school he, he went? To, I think he went to Norman. Uh, he played, he, yeah, he played in Norman, Oklahoma. He played at that high school. Uh, he grew so up in Lubbock, Texas. He go, Norman North, he's the guy. 
Oklahoma, he's the guy. Atlanta, he's been the guy. They trade for DeJounte Murray, hoping that DeJounte Murray could like like you like DeJounte Murray is really the one that's supposed to be playing off ball, not Trey Young. They want everything to flow through Trey Young to facilitate everything. Obviously, like I said, they've already empowered him. When they chose him over Nate McMillan, it's almost like with the Steelers with Antonio Brown. You don't know what the hell you just unleashed. Like, like you, you think it's ugly now. You think it's bad now. Have a bad, have another bad season next year. Well, I think that's why they brought in. That's why they brought in a Quinn Snyder, a guy who's been there, kind of proven winner as a head coach, at least you know regular season winner. I'm not finna let you say that about Nate McMillan. Like Nate McMillan, not a good coach. I didn't. I didn't mean like that. But I think that's why they brought in Quinn Snyder. Like they. Like they brought him because you know just Quinn Snyder was good at managing but, personalities I, too. But, but but at the same like like okay you say that like what personalities have Donovan, Donovan Mitchell Donovan Mitchell Rudy Gobert I mean Donovan, they haven't they... Donovan Mitchell's not like that last year in Utah was the first le, the legit first that's time true. That's true. That's true. we heard about Mitchell and Gobert being at odds with each other, right? Trey Young's track record is not positive on this front. Lloyd Pierce got ran out. Nate McMillan has gotten ran out. You're on you're on coach number 3. Yep. And not just and and these weren't what you call it. And if if you look at both of the coaches that got ran out, they didn't even wait to the offseason. These were both mid-season terminations. For these and, two and, coaches, and they brought in Quinn Snyder in the middle of the season. Like I've never actually, I, don't, I think, I think, I'm pretty sure it's like the first time a head coach got hired like in the middle of the year like that. That I can like, remember at least. I'm, I'm, I don't know if Scott Skiles was on the Bulls bench when they fired Bill Cartwright. I would have to look that up. Because well, I, I know. Uh, well, they they did bring in uh, Mike D'Antoni at that Lakers situation a couple years ago, or maybe not ten years ago now. <laughs> a couple <laughs> years ago, <laughs> after they fired, uh, man, Mike, who was, was the Mike Brown? Was it Mike Brown? No, no, might it might have been Mike. I don't remember. You know, it's been so long ago. It I don't might think have been it Mike Brown. I don't think it was Mike Brown, but I, I could be wrong. I, I don't really remember all that well. I don't either. Um, I do remember that Tony coach because I also think that was the last time they made the playoffs prior to yeah yep this run. Um, with Atlanta and we'll get into the CBA after this. I don't I I, I figure it out figure out the roster like y'all are y'all are in you have the superstar you have the all you have a superstar player Trey Young who is getting rated as overrated now because. You paid him. You you paid him superstar money. He's been to a Eastern Conference Finals. He's an All Star, and you're not paying. You're not paying this guy all the all the all them M's, all the millions, to be the walking epitome of five hundred. Yep. Like the ten and like the ten and ten, and they last ten, fifteen and fifteen, and they like all that like that crazy stat, whatever it was. They finished yeah. forty one and forty one. You, I, the front office is not exempt from criticism either. Because look, you made the mess. Look at the roster you built. You have a bunch of players who you, you you played them, then they weren't playing. Then you brought in other people. Then you that like you have DeAndre Hunter. Then you trade for Sadiq Bay, which is why. 
That's the yeah, same player. He's basically an expiring contract. Oh, we'll get into Atlanta, but yeah, their off season is going to be very, very interesting to watch and see how things play out. Um, and then we got to talk about the new CBA. We've been meaning to talk about this for a few weeks now. Uh, new collective of bargaining agreement was signed uh, basically a month ago, actually. Uh, new seven-year agreement uh, with a six-year opt-out. Hour. I mean, I'll let you They had the Friday deadline. They were signed just a couple couple hours before the deadline. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that this CBA got done. Uh, I figured there would be some sort of lockout. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was, I was looking forward to it. Like the way they talk about, about it. But let's talk about some of the details in here. Um, so it's, 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 so it's, it's trying to curb the ability of the highest betting teams, uh, such as the Golden State Warriors and the Clippers. Um, so their luxury tax and the way they can bring in players based on some second salary apron uh, of $17.5 million over the luxury tax, which will limit what you can do. Um, it's a lot of, like, just stuff that, like, is probably yeah, way know, over my It's way Warriors, over my head, too. Yeah, like Warriors, fans, Warriors fans thinks – thinks the new CBA is just strictly out to get them. Well, under, the- so, on, uh, uh, so under the new CBA changes, the Golden State Warriors wouldn't have been able to sign Dante Vincenzo. Milwaukee wouldn't have been able to sign Joe Ingles. Boston wouldn't have been able to bring on Gallinari. Brooklyn, Patty Mills. Clippers wouldn't have been able to bring on John Wall. Uh, the Clippers also wouldn't have been able to trade for Norman Powell and Robert Covington last offseason or last trade deadline. It does mm-hmm. mean a lot of different stuff. Like if you're over the, Wait, the second so apron – Second question, apron, quick, you cannot quick. use your uh, your mid level exception. Okay, so question: Does this CBA in in any fashion affect Westbrook's free agency, like with the Clippers? Like, can they sign him? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 have to, I have to, I have to legit look that up because I know you can go over the salary cap to bring your own guys in, but I don't know because of like where the hard cap is and where the luxury tax is and where the repeater tax is, what how those numbers are affected. Okay, I was just curious because I know he's like for him the he because he got the bulk like his last year of that mega deal that he got was this year, right? Correct. With, so this they, was the 40, 44 million dollars, and when he got bought up by Utah, he signed a contract worth I think it was like five million dollars to play for the Clip, Los Angeles Clippers this one season. So uh, with for that, the remainder of the year. So under the new CBA, would they have been able to do that if that was yes. the same? Yeah, okay, yeah, so they because, be able to do that. So Westbrook's buyout money was only four four hundred thousand dollars. It literally was nothing. They would still be able to do that. Okay, I was just curious. I, I would be absolutely lying if I said that I'm a complete expert when it comes to this salary cap stuff. Um, I have done a lot of research on it, but um, their taxpayer mid-level exception will be limited based on where their salary cap is. Um, they won't be able to trade picks that are seven yard seven years away. Um, so that trade, like the Rudy Gobert trade, that wouldn't be able to go down anymore. Good, because <laughs> that's that's low key ruining. That's ruining. Well, like, that's I, that's but it's only really because of the Stepien rule. Like if player teams could just trade three back to back to back first round picks, you wouldn't have. You would be much we'll better in this. the league. Yeah, we would have a lot of these problems. Uh, some of the other stuff. So um, also to curb low manager, this is probably the rule that I think is probably the most popular with the fan base. Um, in order for you to be eligible for any award, you had to play at least sixty five games. Yeah, that's the one that. Yeah, that's the one that um, everybody applauded. Like, hell yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, so 65 games played, which actually means 
uh, Joel Embiid, who won the MVP yesterday, he would still be eligible for that award. He played 66 games this season. But a player like a Kawhi Leonard, um, who we could probably get some consideration, we'll talk about him a lot tomorrow, uh, but uh, but he wouldn't be eligible for awards. Um, it just makes it make, it make prioritize being on the floor. And I think for old, old school basketball friends, like basketball fans, like a bunch of my friends who complain about Joel Embiid winning the MVP because of how many games he played, it just kind of <laughs> minimizes that conversation because – a, I hate that conversation, and B, I think it's ridiculous. I, I, I think if you're the most dominant player in the NBA, if you played 60 – like they were like, oh, Jokic has been the most dominant player. He's played well. He played three more games than Embiid. He's been more dominant, three more games. Please stop it. Um, they also want to compare it to, like, real life. Like they're like, oh, this guy only played 80% of the games, 80% of the season. Can you imagine if you went to work and called off every four days? I'm like, first of all, I don't play in the NBA. I'm not generating the kind of money – that the NBA that that Joel Embiid is by making by stepping onto the basketball court just by me showing up to work. Yeah, I um, th- that was a conversation that folks had with, with 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 Kyrie Irving when he was missing all those games for um, yeah, yeah 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 not being vaccinated and I was like like I think I sided with the people on that one because it's like no dude like you're still getting paid your millions. It was folks that didn't get vaccinated that lost their job that weren't like well, they, yeah. That, that's that's different. That's different. No, no, like that, like that's different. But it's yeah. To your point, like yeah, like Joel and B. Like, what difference does it make? He still qualified for the award. Hundred percent. But I do think like, that this I, is I a good, see, this, this, I this is a very good rule, though. I can see their point. Yeah, what's the new? What's the minimum threshold now? So what is this? It's sixty-five games, right? Sixty-five games. I can see their point. If he played in sixty or fifty-five yeah. and yeah. still won MVP, I mean, I mean, we're talking we're talking sixteen games. It's not that much. Uh, and then the next one is the in-season tournament. Um, I I, mean, I don't like this one. I, I, I don't understand. I don't have a clue how it works. I don't have a clue what they're playing for or how when it's going to happen. Um, they're going to play the final four on a neutral site in Las Vegas. Uh, they will be up for cash prizes for the players and coaches. Um, so it looks like they'll have an event with a play. Play pool games baked into the regular season schedule. Uh, this is starting November. Those eight of those teams will advance to a single elimination tournament, and the final four will be held in Las Vegas. Uh, and then the team—I uh, don't—I don't—I don't know how you motivate players to play in this. I just—I I just seems like, like and I'm not what? like like I also don't know how like like how many so like, games how on. many how many games are going to be played outside of this tournament. So like, hold on, like they can come up. To, with... This is supposed to replace regular season games. Like you can come up with a mid-season tournament, but you still use something as archaic as the draft lottery <laughs> like to, the de- draft. <laughs> to determine to to determine who gets the top overall pick and so on and so forth. You can literally literally just do this, the tournament thingy, to determine the draft lottery like the like the draft pick so like you take so like so you got basically start with teams so basically start with teams um uh like basically like the two play-in losers whoever loses those right yeah and then pretty much everybody else so like seeds 11 through 11 through 15 and then the two play-in losers from each side have them play 
for and have that determine the draft order. So whoever wins that, boom, you get the first overall pick. I, 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 so think, the, the, I think the issue with that is I think players are going to be motivated to play, and I'm not going to help you draft my replacements. Then like, play better. Then play better during the season, and you won't be in this I, situation. I, I think cash is the only way you can make players care about this. Players get motivated by money, but I just I don't know how they're going to like. So my my questions about it. So like. How many games? So this is supposed to like supposed to cut into the regular season. So how many basketball games are going to count towards their regular season record next season? That has not been fleshed out, not been explained. Like it has been. Like how is that going to work? I I also I imagine so how they'll do it is they'll like take that bubble bubble concept right of a few years ago where they Mm -hmm. basically put all the teams in the bubble and what like you'll basically just play like a turn a bunch of games in in the bubble like what was it eight games right in the bubble eight eight, eight games before the actual playoffs started you'll play eight games whatever eight teams have the best record after those eight games will then go into this single elimination tournament and then you'll finally have a winner at the end so. Uh, how are they going to factor those games into towards the regular season? I just don't know how it's working, and nobody has explained it. And I, I any, anybody I've watched who tries to explain it, like, is it doesn't make any sense. They confuse too. So we'll see what ends up happening with it. I, I I think it could be a fun idea. I think the NBA NBA season has almost too many games as it is now. Um, so we'll see. Uh, to the next one, uh, this is increasing the upper limits on extensions. Uh, so this is where something like Jalen Brown uh, comes into a factor. Uh, so $120 million increase to 140%. Um, so under the current CBA, uh, he'll be eligible for the contract extension this offseason worth $165 million. If the, uh, Now, with this new extension rules, he'll be worth $189 million for his four-year max, uh, only with Boston. Uh, to the next one, upper limits uh, on extensions. Yeah, so you just you're just more eligible to get more money if you're a player that has, you know, if you're eligible for an extension, a four-year extension, and on the veteran extension, you'll be eligible for more money. That's all it means. With the team that you already own. Correct. And then, uh, so the super max contract problem that the NBA used to have uh, used to have limit only two uh, designated super max. Like right now, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are both on the super max. Uh, they would not be able to bring in. They would not be able to sign Evan Mobley to a super match extension uh, because you already ha- because you already have two on your roster. So now you have three. Good, no problem with it. Works for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it should. And then the final thing in the CBA that I thought was even remotely interesting: uh, they're increasing two-way contract slots. Uh, so now you're going to have uh, three two-way contract slots instead of two. Um, just gets more players, more exposure. You get to play more in NBA games. Uh, that two-way contract concept with the G League and the NBA has mostly worked. Um, mm-hmm. I've yet yeah. to see. A, I've yet to see that not benefit a player. Yeah, like Jose Alvarado, a good example. Uh, Lou, Lou Dort, uh, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, Alex Caruso, Austin Reeves, all were on this two-way contract that ended up being full-time NBA guys. Yeah, I've I've yet to see that not benefit a player i mean i don't know like maybe like kenny lofton uh because he's he's and that's just the team he plays for like who's who's kenny lofton playing over in memphis like nobody but not, not over darren jackson not over brandon clark not over um stephen adams uh, not over xavier Tillman. right like it's who's who's he playing over and he's he's too slow to be a two or a three and yeah, like all the other good stuff. Um, yeah. 
obviously like the big like the big thing with the CBA that people got riled up over is 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 one what three things actually one the fact that they actually agreed to one because the way Stephen A. Smith was talking and no one out of all the folks that work it for these major platforms Stephen A. Rick Buecher who uh, works at um who works at Fox Tim Legler ESPN JJ Red like when it comes to insider info I legit trust no like if it's not coming from Woj or Shams if it's not coming from them too like the one dude I know for a fact who know what the hell he's talking about is Stephen A. Smith like facts like and, and like if you don't believe me look up his track record the dude wrote for the philadelphia inquirer for 17 years and of that 17 years he covered the 76ers so he knows what it's like on the ground like yep. yeah so like the fact that he and, the fact and, that and he, now and, and now he's a Knicks fan so you know take it as what it that he was like, he's always been a Knicks fan that was just that was a job bro i'm okay <laughs> So, so wait, I got to be a fan of the Sixers to work? Like, no, he that was a job. I, I, I guess I always, I, I always, I guess I always thought he was a Sixers fan. Even before no, he was, uh, he's yeah. never been a Sixers fan. Okay, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that actually. No, he, I thought, like, he, I, I thought, I thought he worked for the Sixers because he was a fan of the team. But uh, I guess I got no, that he, right. he worked for the Inquirer and was a beat writer for them. Yeah, the way he had this made it sound like yo, like they was looking at lockout. Like that was, well, yeah, that I was, thought for sure. I thought that I thought that was for sure coming. I, I thought their was, owners tired of player treatment by players thinking they have the the, the power and owners to do it right to do That power struggle. I thought that power struggle was going to belly over, uh, bubble over into, and then I think this was going to get done. I thought for sure we we're heading to a lockout. So good on that Adam Silver and good on CJ McCollum. Um, so uh, you got that president. It's like that got people. Like I think it surprised people that the deal was done. The end season tournament thing was like, what? Like, how did they agree to that? And obviously, and I think no one has an issue with this is the minimum game threshold to qualify for literally anything. Like, you want to be you want to be rewarded, meet this requirement. Like, that should have been a thing to begin with because the fact that Joel Embiid was a legit rookie of the year finalist after he played in 30 games was a joke same thing with zion williamson like those dudes should have never even been able to get a vote in get voted on like they played in 30 percent of the game but it's like hey you're a finalist for this award made no sense whatsoever this so yeah so yeah, yeah, I mean those those are changing. I mean, I, we'll see what ends up happening with this intern in in in, in season. Because lockouts are ugly. Like lockouts are ugly. We yeah. weren't a lot like like we were alive, but we didn't know what the hell was going on with the first lockout in ninety. I think it was ninety nine. Ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. Like I was five. David was probably already thirty. So maybe David knew what was going on. I, 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 I was. I was already thirty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like yeah, I was like four going on five, and David, like I said, already had a full beard. Um, I did, I did. I came out of the womb. I came out right out of the womb with a full beard. Like, and then, like, oh, uh, <laughs> and then, and then the next lockout, we were what? Two thousand six. No, it was like it was like the ten. It was like the teens. It was that first year of the the Heatles. So whatever year that second was. Second year, second year, second year, second year. It was twenty. Oh, no, it was the first year. Second year. 
Because okay. that, that's that's when LeBron won his first chip because they played Dallas in the first in their first that's year right. together. They that's lost. Right. That's right. So yeah, they played so 2011, 2012. Yeah, that year. It's like yeah, like lockouts are ugly. Lockouts are messy. Players can't talk to coaches. Coaches can't talk to players. They can barely be in the same room with each other. Yeah, they got the locked the lock the facilities like without it being some kind of like infraction on yeah like it's 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 a mess but uh we'll see how it ends up check it out uh I'm, we're gonna be back here tomorrow breaking down the western conference first round exit uh I'm talking about those teams uh so you don't want to miss that content i'm david hoffman right there is mr tj hopkins and, and please like share were, subscribe and if you were watching the celtic sixers game i feel bad for you, you can find something else to do now it's uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. Uh, TJ, what do we do here at the Prime, my friend? We bring the heat, and I got to start getting – well, no, I don't. I got enough time. Uh, uh, we'll I got we'll about 20 here, minutes. We'll be back here tomorrow. <laughs> you guys all have a good night. Stay safe out there. Uh, tomorrow, Western Conference. So check it out. Peace out. See you.